Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike, now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Larry Holscher from uh, True Staff, Vice President. Thanks for joining us, Larry. It's great to be here, Mike. Before we get started, Larry, I'm going to tell everyone about some of the shows we've got scheduled here in 2014. And in 2014, we're only going to be broadcasting the show live on Fridays from 4 to 5 p.m. And you can listen to the show anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week by going over to our website, uh, blocktalkradio, uh, slash cincy-business-biz.talk, and be able to listen to all the episodes. Next week, on Friday, the 10th of January, we're going to have Debbie Bowman. She's the executive director of Boys Hope, Girls Hope, up in Blue Ash. They do some wonderful work uh, helping young people who've had problems in their family continue their education, become useful members of our society. The following week, on the 17th, we're going to have Frank Wood. He's a Ph.D., and he's written a tremendous course on stress reduction that's seen some phenomenal marketplace acceptance, and Frank is going to talk about what's happening for him in the marketplace and in in his business as a Sandler client and as a psychologist, and he's going to be uh, demonstrating a little bit of the stress reduction techniques. The following week, we're going to have Joe O'Gorman, who owns Full Throttle Carding up in, uh, I guess, Sharonville, right next to uh, Dave and Buster's, and uh, he's got a great indoor carding experience. Uh, I've taken the Mercedes-Benz club up there. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. And the following week, the 31st of January, we have uh, Bert Huber from EMS. Okay. Sandler Foundation's course. For January starts the 13th of January. We're going to run these courses on Monday from 11 to 1 p.m. That's a course for people who are interested in learning about the Sandler Selling System and how to use it at a beginner's level. It's available. And for those people who make cold calls, I know you don't have anyone in your company make cold calls. Do you, do you Larry? Uh, I think everyone. Everyone. Uh, you want to send everyone to our cold call camp then on January 22nd. Actually, that's uh, that's on special, 50% off to uh, Living Social. We have a special with them. And it teaches how to get beyond the gatekeeper, how to build three scripts, dynamite scripts, I might add, for your contact, five ways to make break other people's voicemail so they have to return your call. Guys will get at least 70% of their voicemail messages returned. And then we're actually, we tell everyone to bring a list of 10 suspects that they've never talked to before. We make live calls from the cold call camp. We record the calls, get a chance to debrief them. And everyone's got to bring a fully charged cell phone because the, when they return the voicemail messages, the cell phones start going off. And that is a really fun hour. 
people begin to believe that this stuff actually works. Well, let me tell, tell you folks about Larry. Larry has over 20 years of successful executive recruiting and talent acquisition. Larry has proven ability to find and evaluate talent in a competitive market. Are we in a competitive market, Larry? Extremely, and it's getting hotter and hotter. So businesses, as they pick up, are hiring more people. Correct. People aren't moving into <laughs> the town as fast. I think what you've seen in the past several years is a lot of different factors, including home sales, not being able to get rid of homes. But I think you're starting to see a rebound in the housing industry, so I think that'll pick up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was talking uh, a few months ago to a executive leader of a marketing agency with more than 100 people, and what she said was to get the talent that she needed, she had to import people from other cities because the talent was no longer freely available in Cincinnati. I, I think that's a, that's a great observation. I think it's the fact that you're seeing a lot more of the uh, smaller manufacturing companies in remote areas trying to attract people to small towns, and that makes it even more difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, following kind of the, uh, the Japanese model of keep your manufacturing plant to fewer than 300 employees, keep out the union, well, I think make people you, happy. Yeah, I think what you see in today's industry is a very, very hot automotive market. So mm-hmm. you've got your tier one and tier two suppliers not located in major metropolitan areas, and they need talent, high-level engineers, and getting those people to move is very difficult. Okay. Early in your career, you were the managing uh, director of corporate recruiting, and now you're a VP for recruiting and staffing industry. Larry has hands-on experience uh, partnering with clients across all industries, uh, directly managing their talent needs to better help them achieve their goals and grow their businesses. With corporate and agency experience, Larry leverages his expertise to guide the company's directors, directives and help others succeed. He oversees the diverse team of recruiters and account managers who specialize in a large range of industries uh, from pulp and paper to healthcare technology, logistics, and finance. Larry joined True Staff in 2009. Uh, Larry's knowledge has directly impacted the firm's exponential growth. That's a great word, exponential growth. <laughs> that means like straight up. Exactly. And propelling them to be named the largest executive search firm in the tri-state for three consecutive years and a premier provider of staffing solutions nationwide. So you were named the largest executive search firm by Business Courier? Business Courier, and that's based on the actual number of firm placements within a calendar year. Okay. That's an impressive achievement. I think it's impressive when you figured four years ago we started with a very, very small group, like uh, two people. So within those four years, we've uh, grown quite rapidly. Only two people four years ago? Correct. Why don't you tell our, our audience how True Staff got its start. True Staff started in 2002, and uh, it was started by two people, basically, Brent and Sean Loring, and they were running a shuttle service locally here in Cincinnati, and someone in the local hospital mentioned to them, you should get into the travel nurse business. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's actually where it started. And today, travel nursing is one of the largest divisions within True Staff. Mm-hmm. So you, you started in, in that, and... When did they add on the executive recruiting and staffing that you're involved with? Yeah, the, the executive staffing and recruiting actually started about the time that I arrived. I had uh, 18 and a half years prior experience with another staffing and recruiting firm. 
So when I came over, we really got started on the executive search side of the business. The temporary staffing business started to grow, and since that time, we've we've added a healthcare solutions group and also a search practice. That's great. Larry, you're okay taking calls from our audience? All calls. Yes, and the number to call is 646-595-4916. We'll be able to screen the calls during the commercial break, but you can call them now and, and queue up. Larry, what led you to join TrueStat? I think it was an opportunity to go into an organization that was young, looking to expand, and strategically a very good plan on their part at the time. A lot of organizations were actually cutting back at that time, but they decided to take a little bit of a risk and hire talented people to come on to grow the business. Mm-hmm. Okay. And... How does True Staff go to market? We do it a number of ways. Obviously, the social media piece of it is key to us. We do a lot of advertising, and uh, we also do the picking up of the phones, uh, learning how to cold call, how to market talent. Where do you advertise? We advertise locally, like on WLW Radio. We do a lot within the healthcare industry magazine. Okay, I don't read those. That's why I'm seeing your answer. Yeah, that's, that's on a nationwide basis. We actually uh, put people out all over the country, including some staffing in places like the Virgin Islands and Guam. Okay, so if I had a hospital in Boise, I was a director of HR, and I was short some people, I would see your ad in, in a trade publication. Absolutely. Okay. So trade publications, are, are, are they valuable? It's key to us. Correct. Okay, so you get a good return on investment. Okay. Uh, how many people does uh, this true staff actually employ? We have uh, approximately 250 full-time people. That includes our corporate headquarters in Blue Ash, Cincinnati, as well as uh, offices uh, outside of Cincinnati in Louisville, Indianapolis, uh, Northern Kentucky, Las Vegas, Boca Raton, Florida, and Knoxville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And a small satellite office also in Columbus. Uh, an interesting question. Why? Why? create all of these uh, sub-offices around the country? Those, those sub-offices really focus in on the uh, what I call the temporary staffing business. Uh, generally going to be office clerical types or general labor types. And in order to run successful businesses, you have to be at that location. And typically, we follow our clients. So if a client has a need in Indianapolis, we'll go to Indianapolis or open up shop. Oh, okay. And sometimes companies open up shop in the city because they have a prospective employee they want to hire who doesn't want to leave town. That or, you know, they've got a, a local manufacturing operation where they need general labor types, so uh, we'll follow our clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are probably only one or two other staffing agencies like True Staff in Cincinnati. Uh, what do you tell people as your unique marketing advantage of True Staff? I believe that we have the size and the flexibility to be able to handle most of their hiring needs, whether it be at the top level with uh, CFO, CEO types, or if they're looking for the general laborers, uh, even on a temporary basis. Okay. Again, Larry has uh, agreed to uh, take calls. Uh, the number is 646-595-4916. And uh, let's ask one more question. Uh, so you have 250 people full-time in Cincinnati market. How many, what percentage of your total staff is actually in quotation mark sales? I would say that number is close to 85, 90%. 85% sales. Mm, that's a big number. We, we 
we are always selling, whether we're selling opportunities to candidates or we're taking a look at selling uh, talent to clients. So everybody is responsible for creating that type of activity. Have you divided the, uh, the activity between recruiters who only find people to fill openings and people who only find openings or the same person doing both? It, it depends on which division you're in. In the uh, travel nurse section, for example, they break it down by recruiters and account managers, separate responsibilities. On the executive search side and on the temporary staffing side, it's a combination of both. So you have some people who have to do both. Yeah, I, the key on the search side of our business is being able to run a full desk. Mm -hmm. Full desk being the ability to develop accounts and recruit. Good. Uh, we're going to uh, take a short commercial break here. We're going to listen to... Jimmy Fox from Tip Club. Uh, we sponsor Tip Club here in uh, Cincinnati. It's one Thursday morning a month from 7.30 to 9 a.m. Actually, not really. It's just joined Tip Club. And we're going to listen to uh, Jimmy Fox tell us about Tip Club. The next meeting on Tip Club is January, Thursday, January 16th, 7.30 a.m. Jimmy, take it away. Hi, I'm Jimmy Fox of Tip Club. Tip Club is a professional networking organization whose members help each other succeed. We meet once per month and provide a forum where business-to-business -business professionals are able to connect with more desirable opportunities and build long-term strategic partnerships. I'm inviting Cincinnati Business Talk listeners to come to our free networking event. You'll have the opportunity to meet new people, share leads and referrals, and grow your business through strategic alliances. Membership in our Cincinnati group is open to only one person per specific trade or occupation. Business-to-business -business professionals only, please. We do not accept multi-level marketing or recruiting-driven memberships. This is our only group in Cincinnati. We'll meet on the third Thursday of the month from 7.30 to 9 a.m. at Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, 4357 Ferguson Drive, Cincinnati, Ohio. To reserve a seat, please go to www tipclub.com and click on the events tab at the top of the page. Then just scroll down the list until you come to the Cincinnati event. Or you may call 800-798-0270. That's 1-800-798-0270. Thank you and we look forward to seeing you at our next networking event. Mike Roth. I'm back with Larry Holscher from TrueStaff. Larry, if someone wants to get a hold of you or one of the people at TrueStaff, uh, why don't you give them a telephone number and a web address, maybe an email if they get, you know, how they find you. I, I think the best way would uh, be via email. And you can email me at lholscher, that's H-O-E-L-S-C-H-E-R, at TrueStaff, that's T-R-U-S-T-A-F-F. Com. I was curious, uh, how did you guys come up with the name True Staff? I think if you take a look at the, um, the word itself, True Staff, it's mm -hmm. trying to be true to our cause and also being able to develop the trust necessary to be able to partner. And that's, again, what we look for 
in clients and candidates with the ability to partner with both. That's good. It's always interesting to hear how companies manage with a little bit unusual came together. We have a policy here at Salem that honesty, I gotta be honest with you, you gotta be honest with me. Uh, integrity, that means our conversations are private. Uh, we, judge, uh, we believe in commitment. Commitment means doing what you say you were gonna do even after the spirit of what you just said is gone. And then judge people and companies by the commitments they keep, not the ones they make. Uh, we found that to be a, a true way to work. Exactly, and I think that's led to the success of True Staff is that that ability and desire to really partner with, with clients and candidates. Mm -hmm. What do you see as the uh, opportunities and possibilities for True Staff? You're already operating in multiple states. I, I see it's actually expanding in a couple of different areas. Our temporary staffing business, I think it's just really beginning. I think we have opportunities across the country. Uh, our uh, search business, obviously, is uh, constantly growing as we take on new types of industries, uh, new types of positions, and currently adding to our staff. Mm -hmm. What's the biggest area that you're working in? We do a lot. Of nurse. Yeah, nursing, that's obviously healthcare market. That healthcare market could be uh, uh, both on the travel side, it could also be on the firm side. We do a lot of work in therapy. Mm -hmm. and, and within the uh, search industry, it's probably a lot more on the engineering and manufacturing. So that's still hot. Very. It's good to hear. It's good to hear. It's good to hear that we have grown. Uh, are there any obstacles? I think uh, the obstacle, again, gets down to trying to find the right candidate for the, for the client. And that, I mean, it's not just the hard skills. We can look for the degrees. You can look for the experience level. But... What's key to us, what's key to our clients, is getting those companies and candidates, especially candidates, who are successful. They have the, the individual traits, uh, the type of teamwork, the type of vision that the company is looking for. To me, it's key that we get that match. Mm -hmm. yeah, when you don't get the match, you get an uh, early failure. You get an early failure. You get a situation where you're going to have to end up eventually replacing the candidate which doesn't please the candidate, nor does it please uh, please the client. Mm -hmm. Sure, it's just a waste of time and training whatever job they're in. Training, it's money involved on both sides. Mm -hmm. we, we had a study a few years ago from, uh, I believe it was Gartner Group, that showed for a, a low-end salesperson that makes 50 grand a year, the cost of hiring the wrong person is 150000 I think those are accurate numbers. Uh, not only are we looking at a loss in revenue, but you could be looking at a loss in a client base, which could be more than that. Yeah, and the, the, they came up to the 150000 by taking the differential uh, between a top producer and one who failed mm -hmm. and closing ratio, and applied the closing ratio of the top producer to the bottom producer's uh, lost sales to figure out how much money was actually lost and a good way to look at it. Yeah. Uh, what do you think employers are looking for right now from agencies like yours? Talent, uh, people who can walk in and be successful rather quickly. Um, you know, today's business doesn't allow for a lot of break-in time. Mm -hmm. So if they're looking for a particular project engineer or they're looking for an accounting specialist, they need somebody that can come in, they've got the skill set, they can hit the floor right. So they're looking for an extremely short onboarding time. Correct. We don't get a lot of requests for uh, recent 
uh, grads. We don't get a lot of requests for people with, with limited amount of experience. In today's environment, they're looking for experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's like I was looking for an administrative assistant. Uh, I'd love to find someone with a new gold mine center. Well, I think you need to call true staff. You <laughs> <laughs> may have to do that after the show. All right. Uh, are, are you at true staff planning on adding more people this year? We are. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, I'm looking at right now for a couple of experienced search recruiters that have backgrounds in both uh, accounting, finance, information technology, and engineering manufacturing. Who are Trustev's best prospects? What type of companies? We tend to target, I, I would think, that um, small to medium-sized firm where they really don't have the expertise, the size, uh, the uh, people power to be able to do their own recruiting. So you're looking for firms that do not have an HR recruiter? Uh, not necessarily. Um, a lot of firms have recruiters, per se, but they're not used to dealing with uh, confidential searches. They're not used to doing direct recruiting. And that's where we have, I think, a good step up on most corporate recruiters is that we specialize in direct recruiting. We go after specific talent. And what I mean by that, they may or may not be looking, but we'll present an opportunity to them. So would you specifically go after a person by name or just someone for a particular job type? It could be both. We'll do our research, and if we can find an individual's name that has a corresponding title, obviously we'll make that call. Mm -hmm. um, even if we can't find the corresponding title, we're still going to make that call because somebody knows somebody who knows somebody. Sure, sure. Uh, what are you guys doing on the Internet now to grow your business? Well, obviously we have a pretty robust website. So if you're looking for career opportunities, uh, the jobs and so forth are listed there, including the requirements. Mm -hmm. uh, you can apply online. Uh, you can direct call into us. Um, and then obviously we do the, the tweets. We send out the tweets. We do the Facebook types of things. We do a lot of uh, looking for candidates on uh, social media sites like Craigslist. Do you guys uh, staff your... Uh your phone should people to call after normal business hours in Cincinnati or call business hours? We do that, yes. Uh, we have uh, obviously markets on the West Coast, so mm -hmm. if you've got West Coast accounts and you're looking for West Coast clients, you, you're not going to dial the normal 8 to 5 here in the Eastern Standard time zone. You're going to be staying after work. So absolutely, it's whatever it takes to get the job done. Okay. Uh, what do you think the most important thing that an employer should do in selecting an agency is, or in other words, one of the things that you, you believe employers don't do in selecting a recruiting agency? I, I think they have to really take time to get to know the agency itself. What does the agency have to offer? What's the size? What type of departments do you have? What's the experience level of recruiters? Um, and I think you need to find someone that's willing to take the time to know your organization, mm -hmm. take the time maybe to do an on-site visit, get so to, know, you, to know the environment. You actually invite your prospective employers to come down to true staff? Absolutely. To see, feel, touch, and see that you have 25 bodies in the Well, it, it's a two-way street there. You know, not only do we want them to come into true staff, but we want true staff to see their location. Mm -hmm. 
And once you start developing that type of relationship, it's going to allow us to recruit in a little bit better fashion because we know the organization, we know what they're looking for, and we can find that type of person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the uh, in the web space, are you guys doing search engine optimization yourselves, or did you farm that out? Uh, we we do it ourselves. Really? Uh, yeah, you, you must have your own IT group, or is that a marketing function? It's it's a combination of IT and marketing with most of the emphasis and most of that type of uh, operation that we actually is being handled by our marketing department. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, Larry has agreed to uh, answer callers' questions. The number is six four six five nine five four nine one six. We're going to take a uh, listen to a couple of. Uh, Sandler commercials, and we'll be right back with Larry from Truesdale. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. You've heard our commercials about sales and sales management, but you haven't made the call for some reason. Maybe you're having your best year ever. Maybe you think a sales development company won't work in your industry. You're different. I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Maybe you're afraid that if you called, you'd buy something. If you're happy with all your sales and profits, and believe you have all the answers or simply don't see yourself investing in yourself or your people, then don't make the call. We have nothing for you. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, mentoring, business owners, and sales professionals who are serious about their careers. So if you believe that Sandler Sales Training might make you better, faster, meaner, and stronger, call me at 513-646-6523 or register for our next open house. Roth & Associates, the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. You can check us at www.rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. At the first sign of trouble, there are three types of business leader. The first type of leader is like a turtle. He pulls his head and tail in and hides in his shell. Turtles hunker down, just trying to survive. The second type of leader is an opportunist. They're like eagles. Eagles spread their wings and take advantage of the winds. They catch the storm wind and rise to new heights. The third group, between turtles and eagles, are called turkeys. Turkeys are average and anxious. They huddle together and move. They never soar. However, turkeys are easy prey for those who seize the opportunity and soar. If someone in your industry goes out of business, are you going to get the business? The question is, which type of leader are you? Will you seize the opportunities to take market share and grow, or will your fate be like the turkeys? If you're serious about growth, Call me to arrange a confidential meeting, 513-646-6523, or check our website at rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Larry Holcher from TrueStaff. Uh, Larry, we have a theory of operation here at Sandler that simple solutions to complex problems are invariably wrong. Therefore, to solve complex problems, you need a complex solution. Perhaps you could share with our listeners a complex problem that you ran into and the equally complex solution that you used to solve it that in theory of operation someone could move to a, a different environment. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I can take a look at a, a particular situation where a company was looking to uh, add an entire shift to their operation. Mm-hmm. And it had to be a situation where that shift had to be in place uh, so everybody had to be hired, recruited, trained, and ready to go within about a 45-day plan, which is which is aggressive. They were talking somewhere between 16 and 20 people. 
almost a lot of people. A lot of people, and they, they vary from different types of levels of jobs. So if you add everything from the hourly general labor all the way up mm-hmm. to uh, specialized mechanics. So based on the size of true staff, we were able to put a team together to actually do the recruiting. We were able to put somebody on site to interview at that location. Mm-hmm. And we were able to, I can't say we had everybody hired within 45 days, but they were able to start to shift within that 45 days. That's great. That's great. I was talking to a manufacturer up in Westchester a couple of months ago, and he was running two shifts a day. And manufacturing lead time was stretching out uncomfortable. In fact, he said he didn't sell some of the stuff that he wanted to sell because there was no time to manufacture it. And when I asked him about putting on a third shift, I got a pretty sour, sour face from the guy. Like, it was blasphemy. Yeah, you know, people people think uh, the hiring is a, is a simple type of an operation. Hiring is not simple. It is, like you mentioned, complicated. Uh, you can get bodies in the organization, but are you going to really get people who are going to produce and be successful? And to me, you need to almost take your time to get the right person. Right, right. It's long term. Can't, I don't think you can think of hiring as getting someone in two or three days. Uh, that might be temp labor. Correct. Okay. And that's a different mentality on, on the temp labor side. You know, that might be a day here, a day there, a week here, a week That might there. be good enough. But when you're yeah, talking absolutely. about an administrative job, an engineering job, a manufacturing job, the critical functionality of a company. Correct. you got to get the right people in there who are going to stay. Uh, let's uh, change gears a little bit. Uh, Larry, lots of times I like, I like to ask our business leaders like you, 20 year, plus years of experience. Uh, we, we can almost double that now, the experience. Okay. We talk the corporate side and then you talk to the agency side. Okay. Uh, perhaps you can give our listeners, other CEOs, company presidents, uh, like you, a leadership tip or two. I think I've been successful on the leadership side because I allow people to be themselves. I try to take their talent and direct it and still give them the room to operate and use their personality to be successful. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everybody's unique. I don't try to manage everybody as being a a, a certain certain type or certain personality. Mm -hmm. I think that's key. Uh, Personally, I, I look on the right side of things. You know, what's happened has happened. We can deal with it but we need to motivate and get people moving in the right right direction. And in the staffing and recruiting business, it's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Most of your responses are, I'm not interested, or no. Uh, so you need to be able to maintain that positive uh, outlook and pick up the phone to make that next call, talk to that next candidate, market that next candidate, and work with clients. Mm-hmm. Another question I like to ask uh, in interviews is, uh, is the glass preferably half full or half empty when it's exactly 50% full of water? I, I can tell you uh, unequivocally the answer for me is always half full. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm never going to look at it as half empty because you, you don't know where that next opportunity is going to come from. By the way, next, both of those answers are wrong. Are they wrong? Yeah. Okay. It's neither half full nor half empty. It's 100% full, 100% high, no matter how much liquid is in it. Because when you take liquid out, oxygen or air goes in. You have a point. It's going to change the way I look at that glass of water next time. Right. But the, the, the optimistic answer is glass is half full. And uh, the clinical uh, Nobel Prize in psychology, 
fellow who wrote, the, wrote a book on learn optimism. Martin Siegel, I believe his name was. Fantastic uh, book if you're a reader. Uh, let's see. Looks like we have a couple more minutes here. Larry Love, in this segment. Again, if you have a question for Larry, the number is 646-595-4916 in the 646 area code. Okay, uh, Larry, what motivates you to make tough decisions? What motivates you to make a tough decision? I think I have to take a look at what the result's going to be if I don't make a tough decision. Uh, to me, I, I've got to look at both sides of, uh, of any issue. I've got uh, the business side of it. I've got the individual who's involved in that particular situation. So I, I try to take a look at both sides and make that decision. Uh, it's time for someone to move on, it's time to move on. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want it to affect them, I don't want it to affect our business either. And there's, there's good ways to handle those type of situations, and there are bad ways to handle them. Mm -hmm. uh, that's one type of tough decision. Another tough decision is, is who are you going to hire and who are you going to pass on? Uh, how do you make that decision? Uh, again, I, I try to take a look at where that person is coming from. Well, where is the energy? Where is the drive? Where is the enthusiasm? Do you really want this business or not? To me, that's key. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I could set you down in front of my phone and you could tell me you're a telemarketer, but if I let you sit there for several minutes and you don't have any inclination to pick up the phone, uh, it sort of tells, tells me you're maybe not the telemarketer that you, marketer that you say you are. Mm -hmm. So to me, it, it's all about attitude and the, the wanting to do the job. Mm -hmm. We call that drive and ambition when we profile now. You can actually see that almost everyone in the sales business development role needs that as the strongest or second strongest characteristic to be successful in sales. We, we want people to build their business. So if they don't have a desire to really get into it and build that business, they're not going to ever own the business. Mm -hmm. uh, at your staff, do you guys uh, have a long-term strategic plan that you work against? You know, obviously, we, we want to continue to grow, and we want to be able to stay on top of what industry is hot, because industries are like businesses. You, you know, some are hiring at certain times, and others are not. Mm -hmm. And if you, you can't really feel comfortable in this business, you've got to stay on top. You've got to look for that next opportunity. And that's the strategy that we use. Um, and, and, you know, it takes people who are sort of mayors of their market to understand what's going on. They should be able to see when things start to trending down and they need to be able to decide what the new area they're going to cover. Mm -hmm. So you leave that, that part of the planning process to the leaders of the various departments that you staff? Well, we take input, obviously, from, from the, the troops on the ground, the day-to-day -day recruiters. They, they really hear what's going on in, on in the industry. Mm -hmm. yeah. so what, I, what I thought was missing from the industry is that you work in was the IT world and the world of coders. Did I catch that right, or are you also in that field? Uh, we're also in that as well. Oh, okay. yeah. Uh, I was talking to one of our clients was probably a year ago, working on a new software project, uh, web-based software, and he was pulling his hair out uh, attempting to find coders who could do the video game software that he needed done, and he wanted to go from like four people to 12 people. It seemed like it took him almost eight months to find all the people he needed. That makes, that makes sense. You're, you're not going to find your IT uh, coders out there on the internet looking for jobs. Right. No. You, you have to go find them. 
Yeah, he, he spent an extraordinary amount of time delaying his, one of his product launches. That's not understandable. Okay. And is, is that a growth area here in Cincinnati? I, IT has been, I, I think, uh, very much on a uh, even keel the last couple of years. I'm starting to see a little bit, bit of a pickup, but it's still, it's not from where it was prior to you know, the 2007-2008 time frame. Uh, I guess in the IT world, I see a lot of startups. We have more than a couple of uh, business incubators here that seem to be getting funding for their new product, service ideas, internet-based or, or whatever. Uh, it would seem that that would create a demand for people who are capable of executing those new projects. You know, it, it, it may. I've just not seen it. It's not been a real uh, sort of uptick that I've seen so far. Companies are too small for you. I, I think what you're seeing right now, the companies are really hesitant about spending the type of money that they need to spend to upgrade IT. Mm -hmm. I think they're sort of sitting back waiting to see what, what happens next. Mm -hmm. How should they budget? Please. How should they budget for any more IT employees? If they need a hundred thousand dollar a year salary person in IT, what should they budget? Hundred thirty thousand, hundred fifty thousand. Well, I, I think you've got to look at what's going to be the incentive for that particular person to join your organization. Some of it's not all salary related; mm -hmm. it's training on new software, new developments, those types of things. So you're going to definitely have to learn how to budget on the training side. Uh, there's bonuses involved. Um, there's a little bit of a buy-in from those particular types of people. So, to tell our listeners what you mean by a bonus there? Is that a signing bonus? It could be a signing bonus. It depends on where your, you know, your salary levels are with regard to what the, the candidate's looking for. I'm looking at bonuses based on maybe uh, increase in business, uh, getting products out on time into the marketplace, getting products out there that, that don't have to be uh, recalled or reprogrammed. Uh, so there's got to be some, I, I personally think there's got to be some type of reward at the end for a lot of your IT professionals. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. are, are there any uh, areas where signing bonuses are quite common now? I, I see more and more signing bonuses within the engineering and manufacturing sector that we've seen in the past. Mm -hmm. Again, I, we're looking and the need for top talent mm -hmm. is almost with every organization. Mm -hmm. It's not just one, it's not just two, but they're all looking for the top talent. I've seen that in the financial services industry. Uh, more than I've ever seen in the past where uh, people are willing to spend, I'm going to call them big bucks on signing bonuses to move advisors and books of business from uh, broker dealer A to broker dealer B. Well, that's always happened. I've never seen such big bonuses in the last two years. Well, what we're seeing is not only the actual bonus paid to a new candidate, but we're also seeing the, the counter offers on behalf of the, the uh, losing company. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we have to guard against almost in every situation. So we need to cover the, the counter offer situation. No, but that's not a problem for you, you guys. You, you've got that covered. We covered. Doesn't mean we're always successful, but we oh, can cover it. We'll have to talk about that offline because we ran into that probably 15 years ago here with one of our executive recruiting clients, and we stopped cold counter off. That would be effective. Uh, again, uh, if you have a question for Larry, you can call in on 646-595-4916. We're going to take a, a short commercial break here and listen to.
some more about Sandler, and then we'll be right back. This is a message for professional salespeople. It's an unusual message. I'm going to tell you that our product is expensive and difficult. It takes effort to use, and it's not for everyone. We provide difficult but effective sales training. It's the kind of training familiar to champion athletes. It builds winners in the world of business. We don't promise quick fixes or color brochures, only hard work that will teach you how to sell effectively even when your price is higher. If you're tired of hearing, I want to think it over. If you're finally ready to invest in yourself and your sales career and learn how to close more business faster, call me, Mike Roth, 513-646-6523, and we'll invite you to our next Lunch and Learn Sales Discovery Workshop on February 5th at either 8 a.m. or 1 p.m., 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. If you're a salesperson or a company owner, my message is critical for you. Talk to you about the real secret of getting out of debt. Earn more money. Most salespeople and owners want to sell more at a higher price with better margins, but don't know how. I've helped hundreds of people and companies grow over 30% per year by making an investment in themselves. Albert Einstein said, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. I teach my clients new and different strategies, tactics, and behaviors that get dramatic results. I'm not for everyone. I'm tough, expensive, abrasive, and not politically correct. But if you want results, we need to talk. Call me at 513-646-6523. Give me your toughest questions. Then, if you qualify, I'll invite you in for a free meeting. 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with... Larry Holcher from True Staff. Larry, in, uh, in True Staff, uh, what's stronger, your sales management team or your sales organization? Tough question. I think that's a good question. Tough question. I, I think the, the toughness comes within the, the actual sales reps themselves. Mm-hmm. The management will set the direction, but the salesperson has to be out there on the street, on the phone every day, dealing with the negativity, dealing with, with trying to obtain their goals. So I, I think it's on the, on the, actually on the sales rep side. Mm-hmm. What do you do to uh, encourage the right attitudes in your people? Uh, again, I, I think it's actually spending quality time with them, being available to go out with them on specialized calls, uh, keeping things positive. You know, we have metrics that they have to, to meet and all that type of stuff, but being involved with them on a, almost on a day-to-day basis to me is key. Uh, offering some type of incentives occasionally, whether it's on a quarterly or monthly basis, um, and take a year to yearly performance bonuses as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, offline, we talked about a, a company that had high turnover. Uh, what do you think a employer has to do to ensure low turnover in a sales team? Well, number one, it gets back to who did you hire? Mm-hmm. Uh, making sure that that person you hired has the right background, has the right attitude, but they also understand what you're expecting out of them. Mm-hmm. I, I see a lot of turnover where expectations aren't set, mm-hmm. and then it's never good enough. Or the wrong expectations. Or the wrong expectations, exactly right. So to me, you know, again, it gets back to, I don't care if it's sales or if it's an engineer, it starts with hiring the right person and then setting those expectations. Yeah, we have an engineering firm uh, as a client, 
And when they hire a new engineer, they're extremely careful about telling the engineer that as we develop projects and install those projects around the country or around the world, you're going to be getting on the airplane and making sure that, that the stuff works. Exactly. And the question always comes up, you know, they'll say, what's well, 25% travel? Well, what is that 25%? Is that 25% each week? Is that 25% a month? Mm-hmm. 25% in a year? Right. You know, that type of stuff has to be well defined up front. Otherwise, you're just really, truly encouraging turnover. Well, you've got to hire someone who can deal with that. You know, someone who's a, a single dad with one kid at home and uh, the grandparents are in another city probably yeah. can't deal with 20% travel. It's the same thing, you know, we look at on when we're trying to relocate candidates from one part of the country to the other. It's why are they really look, looking to move someplace? Mm-hmm. You know, if they've got family there or they've lived there in the past, the chance of success is probably greater. If it's their first move and there's no really foundation there, probably not going to be successful. You know, uh, it's interesting you said that. Many years ago, I, I was working for a company as a, uh, a district manager in uh, New York, and uh, they promoted me to be district manager in Chicago. So I had an apartment in Chicago, New York. <laughs> I had a house and a uh, company apartment at the World Headquarters in Virginia. And then, and then they said, the chairman of the board said, we've got to fix it. The West Coast region, Mike, you're in. You want to go. <laughs> and uh, I had no family in L.A. I just wanted to go. So I was an easy move. Yeah, in, in some cases, you know, somebody's looking to get out and start in a new, uh, whole new career, those types of things that'll work. But for the most part, that's some of the stuff that we have to cover on every move. Why? What's the motivation behind it? What's the motivation for even making a job change? Right, right. <laughs> uh, we had a situation where the CEO offset up the West Coast operation and they hadn't been sale there in 18 months. The West Coast, uh, from his perspective, started in Cincinnati. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun putting together a bootstrap plan and bringing that, that, that organization up to number one in the country. Uh, Congratulations if you did that. I did. We built that company from uh, five employees to almost a billion dollars. What are the top three things uh, your people will say about your sales culture at True Staff? I I think the number one thing, and it's it's key to us, is that willingness to develop a partnership. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not going to be the most expensive agency out there. We're not going to be the cheapest out there. What we really are selling is a partnership. We're also selling the depth and breadth of experience with regard to providing one source, one solution to organizations. Uh, we also, I think, from, to me, is that we care. Mm-hmm. I, I, we care whether that candidate is going to be successful. We want to understand that that client that the candidate's going to wants their success as well. So I think those three things are key to us. When you examine the uh, components for growth, at True Staff. Do they center on strategy, people, or process? Uh, again, I, this may be a reoccurring theme with what I've said here, but it gets back to the people you hire. Um, we hire people who want to be successful, and we don't put a lot of barriers in the way to that success. Mm-hmm. You hire people only with recruiting industry uh, experience? Typically, yes. Now, again, you have to go by division by division or department by department, but on the search side, I'm always looking for experienced uh, recruiters. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
there may be an occasion or two, two where we've got a large project where we might be able to bring somebody in and put some time into the training piece of it, but normally it's going to be experienced people. So you're looking for the same type of people that your clients are looking for? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They're, they're, not, they're not paying us to find uh, inexperience, or they're paying us to find experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a client that's in the mortgage business, and they will only hire people who've been in the mortgage business and have been successful and are unhappy in their current endeavor and don't have the proverbial non-compete agreement. In, in your company, TrueStaff, what are the two most visible images that your company has, and, and what messages are they sending to your customers? Uh, I, I think when, our, when we invite clients into TrueStaff, one of the things that they really see there is two things. Number one is the energy that we have as an organization and the fun that people seem to be having. Some of the comments that we get when they walk out the door is, I don't know what you're feeding these people. I don't know what you're giving them to drink, but whatever it is, we like to have some of that. Oh, really? Yeah, and I think that's that really what what's really tends to solidify that relationship. You know, a lot of times you walk into agencies, and there might be two people sitting in an office space. Mm-hmm. You're talking about walking into where you've got uh, in excess of 200 people working on a day-to-day basis to make that agency successful. Mm-hmm. Do you have fun little uh, projects, games, or guns that people hit when they, they make a sale? It differs from department to department, but we've always got something going on. That's good. That's good. Uh, once upon a time, I worked with uh, Avis in the city of New York at the time they were advertising the Wizard of Avis. And when you walked in, the reception area, behind the receptionist's desk was a big glass wall, and he talked, and you could see rows and rows and rows of red Wizard of Avis describes. That's all you could see. <laughs> it was the pride and joy of the chairman of the board. Um, lots of things drive uh, successful people, Larry. Uh, three that we've determined are, are most successful. Most successful people have are outlook, uh, that is their core beliefs, desire, that's your passion for success, and commitment to willingness to do whatever it takes to get there. Uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about each from your perspective? Well, I think we've, we've talked about some of these areas already in the mm-hmm. discussion. Those are the same type of key elements that we take a look at. Uh, again, it gets them to, does that person really have the desire to do what the job requires? And I think that's key, too, is that they, you have to define what the job is and really be concerned about whether that meets, meets or matches what Your that outlook. is. Please? Your outlook. Well, my outlook, yeah. I, I think, you know, to, to me, I want to be part of something successful. And in order to do that, you've got to do a lot of different things. Your core belief about True Staff is? That we deliver what we say we deliver. Excellent. What is your passion for success? I know you've talked about it here. Can you give it to us in a few words? Yeah, I, I think the bottom line is I like to grow organizations. I like to make those organizations successful. Mm-hmm. I don't personally have to be the success of that organization. I want the people to feel the success, see the success, and build on that success. That's key to me. And if true staff for you, what does commitment mean? You know, you know, it gets down to uh, it doesn't matter what title you have, what uh, job you have, but if we have a particular project that a client needs us to get us done, that everybody's willing to roll up the sleeves and do whatever it is, whether it's making you know a hundred calls in, in a day, we need to do that. Mm-hmm. To me, that's what true staff is about too. Mm-hmm. 
and your best performers. Uh, they make 100 miles a day? They make what the metrics require. We usually require a certain amount of phone calls a day and a certain amount of time on the phone. Now, it goes up and down depending on where they're at in the cycle, but when you take a look at their day-to-day -day performance, it always exceeds that number. The key to that, to me, is planning. Mm -hmm. Planning. You, you, if you don't plan, you can't make that number. No, you just can't do that. Mm -hmm. What's the average cooperation for your careers, just out of curiosity? It, it's typically somewhere between right at two or less than two minutes per call. Mm -hmm. Now, again, you know, if you get somebody within the interview cycle, those those call times will obviously increase. Mm -hmm. But but when you're into prospecting and when you're in prospecting activity, it's it, it's probably less than a minute and a half. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was talking to a, a CEO the other day, and uh, when I said, "What's the call or average call duration?" Uh, his face kind of took. Because he didn't have an answer. That, that was a problem. Well, we monitor that on a day-to-day -day basis with uh, our phone reports to see how many calls they are, what's the duration of those phone calls, how much time you spend on the phone. Mm -hmm. Good. Larry, I, I want to thank you for being here on the show with us. I'm giving you a copy of uh, one of the newest Sandler books, The 49 Sandler Rules. Uh, you haven't read that yet, have you? I have not, and I will. Good. I promise you that. Uh, they wrote that book as the psychological perspective of the Sandler Selling System. We sequenced the, the 350 rules and put together the 49 quintessential uh, top rules. It went to uh, number one on the Amazon bestseller list, stayed on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list as number three for about three months. And uh, great book. Congratulations. I will read this. I'll give you a copy of the Sandler training calendar or a free training pass. You're invited to, to come into a class. And uh, thanks again for being here. I well, appreciate you inviting me here. Good. Scott, why don't you uh, take it away? Thanks for listening. This program is the property of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, Inc. The show may be distributed only with written permission and then only in its entirety. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Zero, zero.